The first verse of Philippians 2 speaks of all the encouragement and comfort you've received from Christ's love. But why is it that so often we don't feel loved by him? What prevents us from experiencing that encouragement and comfort? In today's episode, we'll look at seven common culprits that keep us from enjoying or even noticing God's love for us. As you listen, pick just one or two that need the most attention in your life. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, that's the first half of a sentence, right? So before we finish that sentence, let me just ask you. Have you experienced Christ's tenderness and compassion and comfort and encouragement? Do you feel loved by God? Why is it that there are a lot of Christians that say, man, I I don't, honestly, I do not experience this very much. I think the biggest roadblock to experiencing God's tenderness in a satisfying way is probably just simply ignorance of what God is like. Many Christians just simply have a skewed perception of God's nature, what he's like. Um, maybe their dad was grumpy and harsh, and so they figure God is uh, like their dad. He's grumpy and harsh. Or, or maybe they get their perception of what God is like not from the scriptures, but from their feelings, from their uh, responses, their interpretation of, of life and the, the suffering and hardship comes in their life, and, and, and they come up with some interpretation of that hardship that reflects uh, a wrong perception of what God is like, and they, they just buy into that because they by feeling. And the solution to all that is to form your perception of God by Scripture alone and not by your feelings. In other cases, uh, we might know what God is like, and we've read it, we've seen it, we believe the truth uh, about Scripture, but even though we know about it, we ignore it. So it might, instead of being ignorance, it might be ignoring. We just ignore. You you get up in the morning and and you take a bite of that perfectly toasted bagel with the butter just melted into there. There's just the right amount of butter and it just crunches a little bit in your mouth. It just hits the spot. It's just really especially satisfying today. And it's like, mmm, that's good. And what is that? The fact that it is more enjoyable now than it usually is. It's especially satisfying. What is that? That is a gesture of God's love. The Bible is very clear. God is in charge of enjoyment or non-enjoyment. He is in charge of when something is especially delightful and satisfying and when it is not. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. He's in control of cravings. He's in control of desires and moods that you have that make certain things more or less delightful. Um, and in those moments when, when he makes everything come together so that something is especially satisfying, that's God wrapping his arms around you saying, I love you. It's not just a, a, a religious phrase that we're singing, running to your arms, the, the warmth of your embrace. This is, that, that's what that is. We can experience that. When something fumbles out of your hand and you, and you manage to catch it uh, before it falls all over the floor, that's God saying, I love you. Something worked out for once, right? That's God I love you. When you're in a hurry, you keep hitting green lights. You start searching for something that's lost, you find it right away. You lay down in your bed at night and you're able to fall asleep quickly. That's God expressing his kindness to you, his love for you. 
And what, what do we do? We notice, we notice all the red lights. We notice every time we, something drops on the floor. We notice every time we can't sleep. We notice all those things. But, we, but when things work out, we just say, oh, that's to be expected. That's the way it's supposed to be. And we miss it. We're, we're ignoring what God's saying to us. This is a cursed, fallen world. Things aren't supposed to work out. When they work out, that's unusual. That's God saying, I love you. God says that to us so many times, every single day. And, and, we, and how many times do we just ignore it? And we get nothing out of it other than, wow, sure do you like bagels, you know? What kind of impact would it have on your heart if, if just 20 times a day you experienced some gesture of God's love and, and, and you found yourself whispering under your breath, I love you too, God. What impact would that have? A third roadblock to experiencing God's love, unrepentant sin. Just like when you sin against your wife or your husband or your best friend, uh, it, it hinders your closeness of relationship. It's the same way with God. Sin against him, it hinders the intimacy. And that relationship stays fractured and broken until you repent and ask for forgiveness and God forgives you. So, so uh, if you're clinging to some sin in your life, I mean, you want to have joy and you want to be close to God, but there's this one sin, you're just not, you're just not getting, willing to give it up and you're clinging to that, um, you're not going to feel his love like you should. That'll hinder that. But what about those times when you do repent? You go ahead and repent. Uh, you confess it, you repent, but you still don't feel like you're forgiven. Your heart's still condemning you. You know the Bible says you're forgiven, but you just have a hard time believing that because you, don't, you still feel the guilt feelings. Well, that's the next roadblock, self-condemnation. God's word is saying you're forgiven. Your feelings, your heart is saying you're condemned and you believe your heart more than you believe God's word because you're used to living by feelings. This this, this happens a lot to people who operate on feelings. People who live like that are always hopelessly lost because the Bible is very clear that your heart is wicked and deceptive and mixed up. Don't ever follow your heart. You watch the movies and say, follow your heart. No, no, no. Don't ever follow your heart. That's the worst thing you can do. You'll go right down into the ditch. It'll lead you off a cliff every time. You don't follow your heart. You follow God's word. And your heart, it'll condemn you even while you're forgiven. It'll condemn you. Don't fall for that. If your heart is condemning you and God is saying, I forgive you, what do you do? You say, God's word trumps my feelings. He wins. My feelings mean nothing if they contradict what he said. Live by the truth of God's word, not by feelings. A fifth roadblock to experiencing God's love, self-pity. This is a huge one. We suffer some hardship or a loss, and instead of seeking comfort from God, we try to comfort ourselves through self-pity, which is (laughs) trying to seek comfort from self-pity is like trying to get get clean by rolling around in dirt. When we give in to self-pity... What are we doing? That's not comforting. That's the opposite of comfort. All of our thoughts are about how rough I've got it, right? Oh, man, nobody knows what I, nobody knows the pressure I'm under. Nobody, and, 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 and you're trying to build a case for how rough you've got it, right? And, uh, and so while you're doing that, acknowledging gifts from God, gestures of God's love, that's just going to foul up your case. And so you, you, you just find yourself actually purposely ignoring God's blessings. Everything went wrong today. Well, what about that one thing? Well, yeah, but pretty much everything went wrong today. And we, and we, we just ignore the blessings. And once you fall into that, 
You know, you're, you're getting, you're trying to get so you can rattle off a list of how everything went wrong today. And, and once you get into that, it doesn't matter how much blessing God rains down on your life, you'll ignore it. You, you won't encourage you. Self-pity is one of the most diabolical things we ever fall into because it makes us actually resist the comfort that comes from God. A sixth roadblock uh, for seeking comfort from God is um, seeking it from some other source instead of God. God alone is our comforter. God alone. But, but he doesn't always provide that comfort on our timeline, Right? So we get worked up, and we have a problem, and we say, God, come for me, and he doesn't do it right away, and so we bail and and just go to some other source, like the refrigerator, right? Or the internet, or TV, or alcohol, or pot, or pills, or friends, or music, or or family, or exercise, or work, or vacation. There's no there's no end to the things that we run to for comfort when we're when God doesn't snap to it. We're like the people in Jeremiah 2 who they forsake God as their spring of living water and they dig their own cisterns. They're trying to find satisfaction for the thirst of their souls, some other source besides God. When we fail to wait on God, when we're seeking comfort, and we give up too soon, we revert to some other source of comfort, we forfeit the comfort that we could have had if we would have just waited which is sad because the comfort that comes from God, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Um, you'll, have, you'll have experiences with God and moments like that that, are, that, that are, will make you love God more than anything else in the world. Seek comfort from God alone. Keep seeking it from Him alone until you find it. And then the last one, when we demand relief from God rather than being satisfied uh, with comfort from God. There are some people, you know, they're, they're struggling and God's saying, come to me and I'll give you comfort. And they're like, I, I'm not interested in comfort. I want relief. Take this suffering away. We want God to take the trial away, take the suffering away, take the discomfort away. And that's the only thing that we're interested in. But God is, has a purpose in that suffering. And it's not time for him to take it away yet. He'll take it away, but it's not time yet. He's willing to give us comfort, though, in the meantime. He's willing to give us some comfort and some strength in the midst of that suffering that will bring us joy, and we're missing it because we're not, we're not even seeking that. We're just only want to, we only care about relief. It's fine to ask God for relief. That's fine. Do that all you want. But asking for relief crosses the line into demanding relief when I have an attitude that says I, I cannot be happy unless I get rid of this suffering. Your, your comfort, God, is not enough to satisfy me. i gotta, I got to have relief. When you have that attitude, we miss what could have been some of the sweetest moments you've ever had with God. Because very few things in life are sweeter than receiving comfort from the Lord Jesus Christ in a time of sorrow. I can tell you, I have never had joy like I've had in my most painful moments of my life when God came and comforted me. Those were better than the most joyful moments of my life. And it's tragic to miss out on that because of our stubborn hearts demanding relief. Okay, so out of those seven, which one or two do you think most needs to be addressed in your life? Ignorance of what God is like? If that's it, maybe spend more time in the Psalms watching for statements about what God is like. There's no book in the Bible more densely packed with information about God's nature. Is it ignoring God's love? Well, set up some reminders today to prompt you to pay attention 
to God's countless gestures of love. Is it unrepentance? Well, you know what to do there. Self-condemnation? Preach to your soul what the Bible says about forgiveness and shun thoughts, all thoughts of self-condemnation. Remind yourself that they're just thoughts. They're not reality. Is it self-pity? Well, preach to your soul about how ugly ingratitude is and how joyful a life of gratitude is. Focus on what God has given you, not on what he hasn't given you. Is it seeking comfort elsewhere? Use each impulse or craving as a reminder that what your soul desires isn't really that thing. It's nearness to God. Or is it demanding relief instead of comfort? If that's it, then humble yourself and say to God, Yes, Lord, I will endure whatever you have for me, and I trust you to provide all the comfort and strength that I'll need. Forgive me, Father, for ignoring so many of your gifts or taking them for granted. There are so many of them, it would be impossible to pay attention to all of them. But surely I could notice more than I normally do. Help me today, Lord, to notice more. At least a few times per hour today, draw my attention upward to your love as seen through whatever gifts you gave me that hour. From you flows a river of delights. Since I can't see or touch you, Lord, help me to interpret every delightful thing in this world as a model designed to show me something of your nature. Your way is perfect, Lord. Your word is flawless. You are a shield for all who take refuge in you. For who is God besides you? And who is the rock except our God? It is you who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It is you who enables me to get out of bed. It is you who strengthens my lungs to breathe and my body to digest food. You make my heart beat each time. It is you who gives me understanding so I know what to do, what I should be doing each hour of the day, where to go, where to turn. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. I don't need an increase in your goodness toward me. I only need my eyes opened to see more of what you're already giving. Please, grant that today. I love you, Lord, for you have heard my voice. You've listened to my cries for mercy. Because you turned your ear to me, I will call on you as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me, and I cried out, O oh Lord, save me! And you parted the heavens and came down to rescue me. You are gracious and righteous, 
Our God is full of compassion. You protect the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, you saved me. You, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before you in the land of the living. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.